Welcome to the Anti-Architect Podcast. I am your host, Christian Giordano. As president and owner of the design firm Mancini Duffy, I am driven by a quest for learning and radically changing the industry. With this podcast, I'm hoping to improve the industry that I'm so passionate about by taking a critical look at how architects work through a variety of voices and shared experiences. Hello, Anti-Architect Podcast listeners. We have a special episode today with lots of guests here in our New York studio, so this should be lots of fun. Jennifer Green, Director of Marketing at Ronette Riley Architects. Elisa Martin, Senior Vice President of Arts and Events at Brookfield Properties. Jenna Harris, City Harvest Associate Director. And Jessica Sheridan, Principal Extraordinaire here at Mancini Duffy. <laughs> we are here today to speak about a great cause. It's one of the most unique ways that architects and designers give back each year. And for those who witness it firsthand, it's truly an awe-inspiring sight. Canstruction is a unique global charity that hosts a design-build competition where teams construct structures solely from unopened cans of food fitting within an eight foot by eight foot by eight foot space. Originating in Seattle in 1992 as a simple food drive initiated by the Society for Design Administration, SDA, it has transformed into an international project. Now, construction events span 150 cities in eight countries, contributing to over 50 million cans of food to combat hunger. In New York City, the teams consist of professionals from the AEC and building sectors, including architects, designers, engineers, students, and contractors. Construction New York donates all its food to City Harvest, making it the largest yearly contribution to City Harvest dedicated to food, rescue, and nutrition. Managed entirely by volunteers, over 1.8 million pounds of food have been donated. With support from SDA New York Chapter, the annual competition takes place at Brookfield Place in Lower Manhattan, and its celebrity judges give awards in categories such as best original design, structural integrity, and more. Republican vote for the People's Choice Award online, of course, and visit the exhibit. Winners will be revealed on November 6th. When it's all said and done, this year's event alone will exhibit approximately 79,400 cans of food, which will provide approximately 43,281 meals. Thank you all for taking the time to be guests here in the studio. Rather than me read kind of everybody's bio, why don't we go around the room and kind of introduce yourselves. Jennifer, why don't we start with you? Hi, I'm Jennifer Green. As you said, I'm the Director of Marketing at Ronette Raleigh Architect. That is my nine to six paying job. <laughs> um, I also am past president and director of the SDA New York chapter, and we're the ones who stole the idea from SDA Seattle and created construction as a way for our firms, architects and engineers to do some team building exercises and to give back to New York City. Uh, I can also say I'm the I am one of the founding committee members and I've been doing this since the beginning. This is our 31st year. Wow. Jenna? 
Yeah, thank you for having me. <clears throat> My name is Jenna Harris. I am the Associate Director at City Harvest. I work um, on our what we call our Supply Chain New York team. So I work with all the food donors that have excess food to donate within New York City. And I have the pleasure of working on some really fun events, including construction every year. It's one of my favorite events. So I'm um, so happy to be here. Awesome. Awesome. Elisa? Thanks. Uh, great to be here. My name is Elisa Martin. I'm the Senior Vice President of Arts and Events for Brookfield Properties. The Brookfield Properties Arts and Culture Program is dedicated to animating our public spaces with all kinds of things from music, dance, film, uh, visual art, Santa Claus, Halloween, and of course, the annual favorite, Canstruction, which has been with us for 16 years. And Jessica. <laughs> uh, yeah, great to be here. I'm Jessica Sheridan. I'm a principal here at Mancini Duffy, uh, and I lead a studio as well. I am really excited to be talking to you guys, especially because I've been attending for as long as I can remember. I remember when it was at the UN, and then um, last year I was really honored to be a jury on the jury as well. So I'm very excited to talk to you guys today. <laughs> Awesome. Well, thank you all for being here. So about 20 years ago, I did construction. Um, I remember my wife and I were actually trying to find pictures of it uh, last night because it was definitely not digital pictures. It was actual pictures. Uh, and so I remember it was this dragon that was like weaving in and out of a floor or something like that. It was when I was with a company called Swanky Hayden Connell Architects. I could have sworn it was at Brookfield Place, but Katie just reminded me it was probably at 200 Lex, yeah. which sounds right now. Mm -hmm. um, but I remember we had started it and um, it like wasn't going to end up where it should have been. And so we had to move the thing and we basically dismantled it and kind of shifted it <laughs> over and put it back. And I will say it was... It was so much work, um, but we had so much fun doing it. I mean, there were people sleeping on the floor. It was like an all-nighter kind of thing. I, I, I guess they don't allow that anymore. Yeah. <laughs> it's um, not needed anymore. Not so much. Yeah. Okay. But the first years at Brookfield Place, we had some all-nighters. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we, we had a blast doing it. And uh, I think we came in like ninth or 10th, if, if I remember correctly. But um, to me, it's one of those things that I think every – you know, architect in New York City should be required to do because it's a lot of fun. You meet people from other firms and it's just a great like community building uh, building thing. So I want to start with some questions. Um, Jen, specifically uh, for you, um, tell us how and why construction was created. Well, as I said, um, SDA New York chapter is the kind of creator of construction New York. And SDA is made up of professional administrators and design firm. And our mission is to educate our members in the various disciplines of design firm administration and management. So I had just joined the SDA in 1992 and Sherry Melillo who was on, was I think the president of the chapter at the time said, you know, we got this great idea. Seattle SDA did uh, did the, um, what's their, not Sun Sphere, what do they call it? The um, Space Needle? Space, Space needle, needle, thank you. <laughs> As a fundraiser, and Sherry said, why don't we do that and let's call it Construction. And so that's how it was founded. And the rest is history. That first year we had eight tiny little structures. We had it at the Design Center and John Kennedy 
John John was still alive, and he was the master of ceremony oh, for wow. those cr- first couple yeah. of years. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, and then now we've, you know, from eight, we've had as many as 45 structures. At, at Brookfield Place, I think we've had 35, 36. We sort of took over all of the open areas. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's great. And um, so one thing I didn't realize was that I I truly thought this was a New York only thing. I had no idea that it was in a that many other cities or even other countries. So I was fascinated. So what other where else is it? And and I guess my question is, is New York one of the largest? Yes, we are the largest. Okay. it started in New York and then other SDA chapters thought it was great and they started doing it. And then it got big enough that actually Sherry's nephew became the executive director. And and now we have a full-time national executive director. And they sort of handle the international competitions. Oh, wow. Which we have in Hong Kong and London and Australia, China, Shanghai. I forget everybody else. It's okay. Yeah. Um, and then after the winners from each construction internationally are all sent to national construction, and then they are juried also for international winners. Oh, so it rolls back up. Yeah, and oh, that's usually done at the AIA con- yearly conference. Okay. Oh, wow, that's great. Yeah. So, what are what are the rules? And I'd love for you know anyone to jump in here, but what are the rules and be specific? Like, how does this all happen? And for anyone who's ever seen it, you know, is it glued? Is it welded? Is it all that sort of stuff? What? How does it all work? Okay, so <laughs> teams um, can create on an eight foot by eight foot by eight foot structure. This year we asked them to do a little smaller because we have less room because Brookfield put in furniture where the constructions <laughs> used to be. It's like, what were they thinking? <laughs> um, and they're they, activating their public space. Exactly. Actually, <laughs> you're it's not beautiful. here year round. That's <laughs> true. Um, they have to be made of full cans of food. We discourage uh, sodas, sodas or anything. No alcohol. They can't be glued. You, they can't do anything that takes the label off because City Harvest has to know what's in the can. So they can use clear tape, um, wood, foam core, whatever, to build them. Um, But they have to be, uh, look like they're self-sustained. Right. Um, And what else? Do you remember, Jessica? Uh, (laughs) I think that's that's it. Um, We also discourage, like, Props. We'd rather the props be cans, but some people use rice for water and things right. like that, which is which is okay. Right. But they decorated it a bit. It's can structure. <laughs> it's not box structure. Nor <laughs> and I think the most creative ones come out of that um, integrity around featuring just the cans just the and can. trying to do the structure only as a self-supporting thing without any fasteners or props, those types of things. So how many teams enter on a yearly basis? This year we had 33 initially and several dropped out. We have 28 now. Last year we had 26. We were hoping to have 31 for 30 for 31st year. Okay. But um, 28 and that's good. 
Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, and then what are the categories that, you know, they're judged on? So we give awards for juror's favorite. Um, is that what it's called? Uh, structural ingenuity. Best meal. Best meal, best use of labels. And then we give two honorable mentions. Okay. And then National Can Structure makes us give an award for most cans, which no team really wants because there's nothing designy about it. <laughs> um, and then we give, we, New York Chapter, gives a Sherry Award in, in honor of our founding director, Sherry, who passed away several years ago. Oh. And then this year, we're also giving an Amy J. Nanny Award just for this year. She was our co-chair for ever, and she passed away this year. Oh, wow. So her brother, who's an architect, Tim Manny, is going to pick the most mischievous award. <laughs> yeah. So are there differences between the, the various cities or maybe in the, on the national side? Is it, is it always the same kind of rules? Always the same rules. Okay. Some chapters have themes for the year. Our theme is just hunger every year. Okay. Uh, combating hunger. And I don't know, internationally, it's all the same rules. Used to, when we had the international awards, New York swept many of the awards, but now there are a lot of international winners. Okay. Like, hey. <laughs> they're, they're on to us. But we always win at least one international <laughs> award, sometimes two. Uh, Jenna, um, can you tell us about City Harvest, just in general, what City Harvest does, and then how Construction has become such a great partner? Yeah, so City Harvest is um, a food rescue organization. Um, we rescue food that would otherwise go to waste. So that could be from supermarkets, it could be from restaurants, um, large farms, you know, outside of the city, obviously, um, but kind of all sectors of the supply chain. Um, we rescue that this year, we'll rescue about 77 million pounds. And then we work with a network of um, soup kitchens and food pantries all across New York City to distribute it completely free of charge. So. Um, construction is a great way for us to get a, a really large donation of canned goods right before the holidays every year. So it really helps to fill a, um, a need that is so large year round, but especially around the holidays. Okay. Not to veer too far off topic, but I'm always fascinated by this. So the amount of food at the end of the day at restaurants and all of that sort of stuff, how does that work? How do you know? How do they know? How, do, how, how does all that function? Um, it really varies, you know, donor to donor. I would say a lot of restaurants in particular have gotten really good at keeping their excess low, but we do find supermarkets have a ton of excess. Um, a lot of the wholesalers, manufacturers, space is really limited in New York City, so maybe like it doesn't sell right away and they don't have space to hold it. They'll call us, you know, we, we go rescue it. We, the way that we work, we have trucks on the road seven days a week. Um, so we're picking up food and delivering it to our, our agency partners seven days a week as it's available. And then those partners are what more like food pantries, people that are going to then ultimately take the food, prepare it, and then exactly, give it out? Exactly, yeah. Soup kitchens, food pantries, um, community organizations, City Harvest. The only way that we actually distribute to clients is something that we call a mobile market. It's like a kind of an open air farmer's market all for free. Okay. Um, but otherwise, every all of our food gets distributed to a network of soup kitchens and food pantries that do the, the distribution on their side. Wow. Fascinating. I, that, that's something that you'd see on one of those documentaries, like how that actually works. Yeah. I've, always, I've always been curious about that. Um, so can you elaborate a bit on the impact Construction New York has had on, you know, 
the local communities here and especially in terms of food donations? Yeah. So I, one thing that we're, we're seeing in New York City um, since the pandemic, obviously things have gotten worse in the, the pantry network, but we're still seeing that more than 60 or 60 percent more people are visiting pantries day to day since before COVID. Um, mm. So unfortunately, the need is still out there. It's still still pretty large. And so what we get from construction really helps us to fill those pantries with canned goods um, and, and fill some of that need that we see around the city. Okay. And so why post-pandemic has the need increased? I think the pandemic hit a lot of people that were, you know, just at the, the line of needing a pantry. It, it really um, hurt a lot of people in that way. And then things just um, with inflation, prices of housing going up, we're, we're just kind of unfortunately not getting better where people, you know, we're yeah. still sort of seeing that um, the need increasing. So um, we're hoping that that, you know, that will decline. But unfortunately, at the moment, we, we do anticipate that the need will still be out there. OK, yeah, that's unfortunate. Um, so how do you think that construction New York really helps promote this, um, you know, the idea that there is a lot of uh, food need and, and hunger within New York City? Yeah, I mean, this is a great way to get I don't know the numbers of who comes into Brookfield Place, but it's a lot of people. And to your point, Jennifer, the 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 um, theme of construction every year is hunger. So it's teaching all these people that hunger is an issue in New York City. People can actually come to Brookfield and donate cans um, themselves if they want. We'll be rescued from that as well. So it's just a great way to um, show New Yorkers that the need is there and kind of teach them about our work and what construction is doing to help. Um, And then as far as individuals or companies, just generally getting involved in City Harvest, what can we do you know, to help? Is it a donation thing? Is it a food donation thing? Is it a money donation thing? How does all that work? Yeah. You'll take it all. <laughs> all <of the> above, <laughs> yeah. I'm sure, as I said that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think, you know, monetary donations go a long way just because we can procure food at a, a lower price if we need um, than if you were to buy it on your own. But I would say volunteers, donations, um, food drives, where we're, we just started our largest food drive of this, the year called the Daily News Food Drive. Um, so all that's on our website, cityharvest.org, and we're always happy to have people support us. Okay, that's great. So, uh, Elisa, <laughs> um, as, as far as I can remember, as I clearly when talking about it earlier, uh, Brookfield's always been hosting this event. I guess that's not necessarily accurate, um, but I used to live down in Battery Park City. Mm-hmm. And you know, I love that because, A, I love that I wasn't doing the building of the cans at that point. Um, but it's a great spot for families to go and walk mm-hmm. around and just kind of have access to the whole thing. Um, how did this partnership form um, with Construction and City Harvest uh, in New York and how has it evolved? Well, uh Sherry Melillo, who we've talked about quite a bit now, the founder, uh, was looking for a new home for construction and, of course, new Brookfield properties from the construction and development arm and got connected to my predecessor, Deborah Simon. And so Sherry and Deborah cooked up um, using the space. We had a gallery space at that time that didn't fit everything. So we had to then start spilling into the public spaces. So there was always a question of how do we protect the sculptures from the public and also make them fully accessible 24 hours a day. And we have absolutely found that uh, sweet spot with uh, where we put them and the kind of stanchion we use to protect them that doesn't interfere visually with the 
wonderful artistry of these sculptures. Yeah. Um, and I think that's been the biggest development over the years is as Brookfield Place has been renovated and changed. And so it's a very living, dynamic complex. Construction continually finds new homes for the sculptures <laughs> and we will be in a building we've never been in yeah, this excited. year where it will extend down to 200 Liberty Street. Uh, so that will be a lot of fun to see sculptures in a brand new home uh, at Brookfield Place as well. Has anyone ever messed with this with the sculptures? Sadly, yes. Oh, really? <laughs> um, for the most part, no. We've had really good success. And I would say that the structural integrity has messed with the sculptures more than human <laughs> intervention. Um, and I will say that falling sculptures are very loud on marble. <laughs> yeah, they may be messy. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, we haven't really had breakage. It's just okay. very loud <laughs> when they come down. Um, but yes, we had some boisterous teenagers one year that, oh, really? that took okay. down a sculpture. Yeah, that's unfortunate. It, yeah. it was. Yeah. Not surprising, but unfortunate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what kind of collaboration is required amongst the various parties to involve, you know, an event like this to be successful and then grow every year? I, I think that we really rely on construction and the imagination of the architects and engineers and con construction firms that come in and, and create these sculptures. I mean, everyone in the room has seen them, but if you haven't seen them, you really have to, whether that is coming down to Brookfield place and experiencing them in person while they're here or wherever your local chapter is, or to just, if you Google online, the images are incredible yep. and the imagination and the integrity of these sculptures, they're just amazing. Um, and I think that that is the true draw for people to come back year over year. And we've now started to see actually families know when the build night is. Mm. And we've actually started to start, we have well, a couple families now that come to build night because they're fascinated and we don't have room to have an audience to build night. <laughs> like, it's just like, it's a crazy experience no matter what. Um, but it's been fascinating to see kids, particularly into architecture and engineering, start to come and watch the architecture take place. That's right. That, that's like, you know, the blowing up of the balloons for the Thanksgiving right. Day parade. You exactly. know, that actually turns out to be more interesting than the parade itself. So. <laughs> There's a lot that happens behind the scenes, though. We work, we work with Brookfield Place people and with City Harbor. It's like this week, the trucking company is picking up all the cans from all the 28 firms, mm -hmm. loading them in their space, and then on Next Monday, the 30th, we're loading everything in overnight, all the cans to all the different stations, because you have the Halloween. We just take Halloween night off. We take Halloween night yeah. off. So yeah. we couldn't load it in on Tuesday, and then everybody builds on Wednesday. So we've been working with Brookfield Place on you know, which elevators we can use. We can't start until after 6. Um, only a couple of elevators like there's no elevator that goes up to 200 lex that we can use, so we have to bring them all in and then go all the way across. And then we're working with City Harvest on when their trucks come to pick it up. And right. uh, we encourage all the visitors to bring a can of food to donate. So City Harvest comes every other night to pick up the bin. So there's a lot that goes on that oh, it doesn't sure. just like. <laughs> <laughs> well, just explain. That's just, that. oh, how nice. Uh, that's for sure. Um, how can the public support um, engage, and engage construction beyond just attending, you know, the, the one night 
or the the few nights is this something that goes on that they can continue to engage throughout the year well as jenna said we always take donations okay. <laughs> um it's pretty much right around now i mean we did we're doing right now with 31 dollars for the 31st year campaign to try and raise 3100 dollars so okay. you know we do little things like that it's like you said at the beginning it's we all have full-time jobs. This is a 100% volunteer yep. organization. Most of us who are doing it have been have been doing it for a long time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jessica Sheridan, <laughs> knowing and working with you for many years, I get to you know give you all the all the gotcha questions. <laughs> um, so, design for public space is a topic that I know is important to you. Um, how do you think construction aids in connecting the public with architecture and design? Yeah, I, I think one, just by seeing these structures go up, like, like you were saying, Elisa, like it's really people get to watch it happen in real time. And then once they're built, having people just wander through Brookfield Place and come across all, it's like a scavenger hunt almost where you're wandering through all of the different corridors and you come across another one. And so it becomes really fun, especially for kids to see how these structures are put together. And there are a lot of themes that you recognize, some, you know, New York based, some in pop culture. And so everyone sort of, once it clicks, you sort of recognize what it is and it gets really exciting. And so the idea that, that the architecture and engineering community comes together around this idea um, also engage and, and in a public space really brings everyone together around the cause and then also gets people really excited about what we do. Right. Yeah. How was it being a juror? I loved being a juror. <laughs> I thought it was it was really fascinating because, of course, coming at it from being an architect, I have very specific opinions about what I think about, you know, how people use labels and structures. But but everyone came at it from a very different perspective. And so they, we, we had a couple of people that were chefs last year and they were very much looking at the ingredients of the cans, much more so than the structure. And, um, you know, it's, it's just interesting that everyone has a different perspective. And so some of the structures that I thought for sure would win, no one else had any interest in really? and, and vice versa. <laughs> Um, and many times the teams that are most successful are not necessarily architects, mm -hmm. which is um, surprising. So who's better at this? Is it architects, designers, <laughs> contractors, engineers? <laughs> I think um, I think right now, and we were talking about this a little bit before before we started. Um, I think right now the structural engineers have the edge on us. Um, that sort what, of makes sense. Sort of makes sense. <laughs> what what they do, I think. Architects get wrapped up too much in the way that the labels look and they t and that takes away from the ingenuity of the structure itself. And if, if I think architects overcomplicate things in my in last year, we had an honorable mention that was an architecture firm that was very simple. It was the Wakanda Forever skull. And um, it was it was amazing, but it was really simple. It was very few few types of labels and it was just a. They didn't overthink it. So I, I think architects overthink things too much. Now you can't cover or manipulate the labels, right? It's the labels are the, the labels. thing, right? The labels are the labels, yeah. right? Okay. Yeah, there was a, I think it was a tuna fish company that had the black 
label. Yeah, they're very popular yeah. because they have silver <laughs> silver la labels and black labels and pink labels. Mm -hmm. We actually have a Barbie one this oh, really? year. It's often, you said, pop culture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it isn't, and, and I always found it surprising that the architects didn't do buildings, right? It was always, you know, random things, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, different characters or whatever, more on the sort of taking objects and making them big. Yeah, which I, I thought was interesting. I thought architects would do more on the building side. Um, Jessica, where do you think architects succeed and where do you think they fail in considering their submission? Yeah, so, so like I said, I think they overthink the aesthetics of the label a little too much and they don't focus as much on the structure itself. Right. Um, I think with, uh, you know, as you said, this has been going on for a very long time. So, so with parametric modeling and the introduction of Revit and, and all of our current technologies, it's making it a lot easier for, I think, architects to be able to conceive of it in a little bit more depth. So I think we're more successful now than, they, than we were when maybe it was more trial and error and we had to figure it out on the fly. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so part of the mission behind this podcast is to, you know, take a deep dive into how architects work with clients and um, take a lens into how clients see us. Um, to your knowledge, have there ever been any submissions where architects or engineers team with their own clients or the clients come in and try to do something different? <laughs> Excuse me, not necessarily with their own clients, but we have one firm, Perkins Eastman, who always works with a high school. Actually, it's a high school that they built. So, mm -hmm. yes, in that way. But I think they're the only firm that always mentors high schoolers. Okay. Um, I believe. Yeah. It'd be interesting. We, you know, we do a lot of restaurants. Um, and it'd be interesting to approach some of our restaurant clients with this idea of maybe partnering with them on something. Mm -hmm. That's something we should keep in mind, yeah, especially with, yeah, there's one I'm, one Stay I'm thinking tuned for of. for next year. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <clears throat> you touched on this a little bit, Jessica, but how do you think architects can utilize technology better to help um, develop designs or even engineers? I think, I think there's a lot of experimentation and I think not falling back on what you know or what the previous submissions had would, would lead to some really interesting, innovative ideas. I don't have any specific examples, but I think what, what frustrates me a little bit about New York um, or the ones that I've seen in New York is that there are those common themes that you see every year, like a, like a Chinese food box or, you know, the, um, the Greek coffee cup. Those, those seem to happen every year and it would be nice to like, move past some of that and, and think about something different or maybe even architecture and structures, like you said, yeah. that don't really seem to dominate. Yeah. So I guess describe some of the most unique designs you've all seen over the years. I definitely have some personal favorites, mm -hmm. but I, I just want to actually call out that in my experience, and I don't know which firms do this and don't do this, that they do pay attention to what cans they're using so that they really, the tuna is great to build with and sardines, but they're also fantastic for city harvest. Mm -hmm. um, Goya is, has been a big sponsor. And as we know, beans are great for um, city harvest and food rescue. So that I think that there is a lot of wonderful attention when you walk around to see 
what is being used and with the intention of like healthy soups and um, tuna and sardines, high protein, that's easy. Right. Um, it's going to become a meal harvest. rather than it's just 10,000 cans of tomato sauce. Right. Yeah. Point. <laughs> yeah, I think it, and for that reason, we have on our side, our agency partners are always kind of like in competition for who's going to get this donation because it is such unique and great things. Like we don't get, you know, canned tuna all the time. We don't get canned sardines. So to be able to provide that to our agency network is Do you great. give suggestions to teams or do you give no. a list? It, it's totally <laughs> random. Totally random. Okay. Um, as Elisa said, Goya sponsors a team each year. And if the team builds 100% out of Goya cans, then they sponsor it. Last year, they sponsored mm -hmm. two teams. This year, they're unable to sponsor, but they gave all the cans at cost. Okay. Or not gave, but one could buy all the cans right. at cost. Right. And are teams individually responsible for buying their own cans? Yes. Okay. Yes. And some fundraise, some firms just buy it for them. Yeah. Um, we can get from, we're a 501c3, so we can get letters to, you know, for tax, tax write-offs and things. Yeah. Um, but some of my favorite have been the um, balloon dog. Um, who's that artist? Coons? Yeah. yeah. Um, we had an amazing giant butterfly one year. The Wakanda I loved last year. The seahorse. The seahorse. It was so yeah, beautiful. It's beautiful. Um, it's a... Every year, it's like, how do they come up with these ideas? <laughs> it's just so cool. And then they have to submit, they have to enter, and then they have like a month to submit their sketch, and it can be a hand sketch, or it can be a cat, or Revit, yeah. or whatever. <laughs> Sometimes, one year, we had three, was it squirrels? Yeah, it was three squirrels, and we let them know and one team switched it to a fox um, this year we have a couple of the same themes but they're different enough that we let them know and they're just going to keep with their initial idea right so of the of the ones that have fallen over do you remember which ones <laughs> i do there was the, there was <laughs> Oh yes, and then we had a sailboat that was right, uh, oh, yes. right in front of the revolving door, and uh. initially it had two sails, but then it just had one sail. <laughs> they they rebuilt it, but they rebuilt it with just better structure and one <laughs> scale. And in one part, there's. Doors here and doors here. It creates like a vacuum. Yes. Yeah. So the, the three that are in the like sort of premier spot, <laughs> um, we always make sure they're going to be built. More. Okay. Those are always the saddest calls that we get when we're like, they're like, you know, one of the, the structures fell over. You have to come back and get it. You know, maybe they can't rebuild it. And so we have to send a truck and rescue it. But I always uh, wait and hope that I don't get a call from Annie during those, the two okay. weeks when everything's up. Who makes that call back to the team? Like, hey, by the way, your stuff fell uh, over. Annie Pan <laughs> is our chair. She's the one who handles all the trucking and getting all the insurance. And one year, the... We didn't have enough trucks. She rented a U-Haul and went to pick up three teams to get them there in time. Oh, wow. So Annie Tan is really the, it's a labor the of love. backbone. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, we're, we have all 
there are five of us, you know, Katie Devlin, who's our president, and Annie, Pat Layden. Uh, Vicki does all the graphics for us. Wow. Yeah. And, and I would say, like, to your credit, I mean, you really do make an effort to make sure that, that as few people as possible fail. <laughs> yes. So you help ensure that, that people get what they need, where they need it, and that they have all of the stuff that they need in order to build. And it's you run it like a, a really well-oiled machine. I mean, you've been doing it for long enough. A long but, time. Yeah, it's pretty well-oiled now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, many, many teams who are doing it for the first time have no idea what they're about to get into, and you make it so much easier. Thank you. Where where do you see construction in New York or construction in general sort of going over the next five to ten years? Hopefully, <laughs> nowhere except where we are. I think we're we're one of the most popular exhibits that you have. Definitely, yeah. everybody loves construction and asks for it to be back. And starting in the summer, they'll be like, "Are the cans coming?" <laughs> we were like, "Yes, the yeah, cans are coming." <laughs> Families that come, some that were kids when they first saw sure. them, are now bringing their kids, which is really cool. You know, generations to generations, we have we have volunteers that work with Arts Brookfield, sitting at the sort of check-in table. Um, it's not called Arts Brookfield. What's it called now? It's now Brookfield Properties Arts and Culture. Arts and Culture. Okay. Um, and we see the same people every year. Sure. Not, and they're like, oh, we waited for this all every year. We're so excited. And they're, they're coming down from Westchester or coming in from New Jersey. It's, That's great. It's, yeah, it's really great. That is nanny heaven down there. Uh, oh, it, it is. <laughs> it, yeah, is. It's, it's, it is. It's babies and strollers. I remember my daughter was part of that, yeah. that brigade. Yeah. yeah. So I'm sure it gets lots of foot traffic even during the day. It does. Not only do we have the office tenants and residents, but school groups come through quite frequently. And it, whether that's a visual art drawing lesson or a mathematics lesson, like it's a fascinating, like you walk by and hear some teacher talking about something that's like, huh, fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> but it also gets the kids aware early of the need, you know, that one in four New Yorkers is, goes hungry. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. So as we wrap up here, um, is there anything we haven't covered that you'd want to tell the listeners? I do want to say that it's not Juror's favorite anymore. It's um, best original design. Okay. So I would get in trouble for saying Got it. Okay. <laughs> best original design. No favorites. Yeah. No favorites. <laughs> yeah. Anyone else want to add anything before we kind of wrap up? I have a question about how you choose your jurors. Well... We, they think they're the most brilliant people. <laughs> of course. Of course. <laughs> um, Brookfield Place usually gives us one. Uh, this year, it's... Midnight Theater. Right. What's his name? Josh. Uh, Josh. Cohen. Cohen. From Sorry. Midnight Theater. City Harvest always gets two of their food council... Um, the, yeah, do you want to go through the who's going to be involved this year? Yeah, this year's jury is Chris Grabenstein, who's an award-winning number one New York Times best-selling author of middle kids groups, Limoncello, Escape from Mr. Limoncello's Library. Cool. He's also a good friend of mine. We went to school together. Um, Jesse Lazar, who's the executive director of the AIA New York chapter. Ryan O'Connor, who's CEO of Clinton Management. 
Manish Goyal of Sona. He's the owner of Sona Restaurant and many other things. And uh, Max Tucci, who's a third generation um, Delmonico, and he wrote uh, best, best, Amazon's number one best-selling cookbook, which is the Delmonico Way. Oh, nice. <laughs> so, but it, it depends. We always try and get an architect. We'd like to get a structural engineer. We didn't, we didn't have one this year. Um, yeah, it just depends on how we, yeah, how we get. We like to have somebody from the press, which we also don't this year, but we have jurors who get a lot of press. So hopefully from, right. from their social media and all of it will get spread out even further. Wonderful, that's great. Well, thank you all so much for being thank here. You. Jennifer, Elisa, Jenna, Jessica, um, you know, I would say that, you know, thank you for all that you do for construction, City Harvest, New York City, the fight against hunger. Um, I know there are many others, um, some sitting here in the room that didn't want to be on um, that are, you know, big parts of this. It takes a big team to make this happen. And as we said, you're all volunteers. So, you know, thank you for doing something that is meaningful and special uh, for New York City and to and to others. So, um, so if you're around, uh, definitely want to uh, come by and and see it. The 31st annual Construction New York Design Build Competition takes place from November 2nd to the 13th at Brookfield Place, which is 230 Vesey Street in New York City. It's open to the public. As we said, it's great for kids, great for families. Uh, for more information, you can visit the uh, sdanyc.org website, and there's the construction link there, and obviously cityharvest.org. Is there anything else on the plug side you guys and would like to? Also, bfplnyc.com. Okay, yeah. <laughs> perfect. Well, thank you all thank so, you so much. much. You're welcome, yeah.